Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Nerd Talk, Nerd Talk, talking about Nerd Talk, yeah. Hi, welcome to Nerd Talk Plus, our weekly deeper dive into the stories that make this world nerdier. Thanks to everyone who's been tuning in and enjoying it. I really appreciate you for that. Uh, from Odyssey's Nerd Talk, I'm your host, Gregor, and he's been a managing editor here before, but now he's just a guy who finds guns in his walls when he's remodeling his old house. He's Spokane Brandon. Yeah, I always forget about that. And I always remind you. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's like every single week. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do have a gun that I found in my wall. Did you keep it? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, how I, do you think I killed the old <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am <laughs> I probably can't say that. <laughs> Just beef all that, no big yeah. deal. Neither yeah. of us is a scientist, engineer, potentially we are super villains. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, if you are um, a scientist or engineer, let us know what we get right, or potentially, more likely I should say, what we get wrong. Yeah. If you could tell a friend, write a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps out a ton. If you're listening to this on demand, we appreciate that. If you're listening to this live on the Odyssey app, even cooler. Thank you so much for that. And if you would just holler at us with your answer to this episode's question of the week. Yeah, this episode's question of the week is, uh, what else should we turn into milk? And I didn't know that, like, the way that this question is phrased makes it sound like we're turning a lot of stuff into milk. Um, like, you know, Oh, we it, are. We, you know, you got oats, you got your almonds, you got your, which apparently is not milk, it's it's almond beverage. Uh, you, you got your soy. Like, we're turning lots of stuff into, you Hemp. know, milk. Cashew. Yeah, there you go. All sorts of things. My toes. Um, and <clears throat> I, I, I guess I just like actual, actual milk, I suppose. Like milk, yeah. milk, milk, milk. Um, yeah. Like that comes from the teats of uh, mammals. I, I wonder, um, like, at what point does it become milk? You know? Like, like it starts out as all of the these like, and it just gets gross the more you think about it. But like, it starts out as a bunch of like fluids and proteins and stuff in the body, and then at some point, all of that stuff is like co- coagulated together, and then it becomes, uh, it becomes what we would call milk. Uh, and I don't know, you it know, shoots out a teat, and then it shoots out a teat. Uh, yeah. So I just my question is when does milk when when is milk milk? Uh, it's <laughs> we have a lot of beverage questions on this show. Like what is root beer and uh, when is milk milk? <laughs> what do you think? Like 
We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Like maybe when it comes. Do you, okay, check it out. Uh, somebody, we asked a question of the week last week, and the yeah. question of the week was, uh, are electric vehicles actually good? Yeah. And somebody responded. Somebody, hey, look at you. Yeah. So uh, on Twitter, uh, Newchims uh, reached out to us and said, uh, Gregor and Brandon, for Nerd Talk Question of the Week, electric cars are amazing to own and operate on the West Coast. Uh, tell you what. Great point. Yeah. I think that uh, where I live is technically West Coast. I'm in Washington State, but I'm on the east side of the state. I don't know that there's a lot of infrastructure for electrical vehicles, but we've already established the fact that you found a gun in your wall as a reason why there might not be a lot of infrastructure. Yeah, Yeah. people just guessed where I lived. Um, We own a Tesla. This guy says we own a Tesla, and I just drove it from Seattle to Southern California on the and the longest charge time. uh, And I think what he's talking about is the amount of time it took to charge was 45 minutes, and that allowed for a good break in driving. Uh, it's also amazing. He he gave us a lie. He says, it's also amazing to get stuck in traffic. The cruise control and lane assist makes the brake and accelerator switching to minimal. Lessens my traffic anxiety so much. Uh, when you connect to your phone, you can control a lot of things uh, from it. So, like, you know, a lot of cars these days will have their proprietary apps. But I think that um, a lot of electrical vehicles are doing it better than, like, you do it, download the, you know, car brand app that connects to your car and it's supposed to be able to remote start and it never does even though i set up the freaking subscription nine times 2021 toyota highlander um (laughs) uh, my uh my subaru one works so good dude i love it i start it all the time from before i go out like 4 55 in the morning before i get in my car i'm like i'm gonna start you up so i don't have to think about it well there's a did you know there's a dealer hack i think we've talked about this before there's like a dealer car remote hack that is uh, supposedly like, you know, a lot of cars. Uh, first of all, BMW is apparently supposed to be, and this is not slag off BMW. I used to have one. I love it. Uh, but they they have a, in, a, a supposed new feature, quote unquote, of uh, BMW is that you have to pay a subscription in order to use your heated seats. Um, <laughs> Isn't that whack? <laughs> but so my, my father-in-law has this car and it was one of those things where it has remote start it's built into it it's got the technology to be able to do the remote start yet you had to be able you had to pay the subscription in order to use the remote start which to me seems ridiculous right yeah uh shout out to our pal siege he had the same thing where i was like can you remote start this thing and he was like oh i stopped paying for that that well if siege is listening use this this is this dealer hack i've checked it on uh my toyota i've checked it on my father-in-law's lexus i've checked it on other people's vehicles as well um you take the remote uh, if it's like a keyless entry car, right? Um, and I don't know if it's if it's specific to key. I would imagine it have to be. You have to have the key in order to start the car, right? But you take the remote and you hit the lock button. You go lock, lock, and then the third time you hold it and you hold it until the lights flash on the vehicle, and then it will start. Mm. So apparently, it's something that they use at like car dealerships in order to uh, remote start cars and melt off the snow and whatever is on them, especially here where I live. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a really cool thing. But anyway, Nujim says that he likes the app. He likes to, uh, he said, while it's charging, you can work on your Duolingo uh, language learning while sitting in your Tesla, Gregor. I do that. As he's pointing out, I do that all the time. So um, that's uh, what I was, the one time I had a Tesla for a week, I, I did that. Not, Listen, not only, sorry, not only did he respond to the question of this week, we also asked you to hit us up on Twitter or wherever and tell us what we get right and what we get wrong. And he did this the solid of telling us what we got wrong. Uh, and he said, one more thing. Helium is after hydrogen, the size of atomic makeup, not carbon, which is sixth on the periodic table. So apparently, carbon is not the smallest uh, or lightest. 
Hydrogen is the smallest. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah, think- no, no, no. That's what I was saying is because it's liquid hydrogen that they fill up the. If I said helium by mistake, my, yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad. I put my hand up, but um, liquid hydrogen is the leak that they had on that rocket. But I'm just a simple dumb man who does not understand rocketry, so don't don't turn to me for this. Obviously, a non-expert. But we really appreciate that feedback. I really um, I dig it. Like I think that if you own a, this is the distinction for an electric car. If you own a home where you can plug your car in and wander away for the night or whatever. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's got to be perfect if, for that. If you have a apartment, I don't know what you would do other than like like I forgive me, I don't know exactly how this works, but with the batteries in these cars, like if you're going to go and rapid charge like you're saying to do when you're do it with your Tesla and you're driving across the country and you just stop for 45 minutes to recharge the batteries. That's like a super quick power transition that it does and it's tough on the batteries it has to like you tell it that you're going to it and it starts conditioning the batteries to be ready to accept that much charge so i don't think you could do it every night much like you can't have a supercharger at home unless you probably have the tesla power wall maybe you could but it's too much power in your house to be able to go in that you need like a specifically built seventy five thousand dollar charging station which is nuts and so- I, I learned about this problem uh or this phenomenon that exists with teslas and um because i was on youtube and it was yeah. down some rabbit hole apparently there's this like this thing that you'll be at a charger charging your tesla and somebody anybody can walk up and be like hey that's my tesla even though you're sitting in your car in your tesla and they'll be like you're in my tesla and you'll be like, no, no, it's not your, te- this is my, this is my Tesla. And they'll be like, no, 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 this is mine. It's the same color of the one that I have that was stolen. Like you're in my car. And I, I don't know like why this, but like, you know, if I, I drive a Toyota Highlander that's blue and somebody, and I've seen other ones that look exactly like it in, uh, my town and i've even like accidentally gotten into somebody else's car thinking it was mine they <laughs> left it unlocked okay uh, and that's on them uh, yeah but like i mean so it's all cars so many cars are like this right like they have the same exact uh they look the same they, if it's the same car same color all that like it's gonna look the same so it's an easy mistake but like why like would you I guess there's like some sort of like scam where like the people are scamming Tesla owners out of like, this is my car. You mean this thing I just got from this? Are you sure? Okay. Okay. Here is this. Okay. Take it. First of all, I'm sure this problem does not happen in Texas or in Florida (laughs) or Spokane where the guns are in the walls of the car. (laughs) Anyway, this episode of nerd talk plus not officially brought to you by the toyota highlander (laughs) (laughs) it's not i have one um it does not have guns in the in the walls though lovely okay great yeah german scientists have made a tattoo ink that changes color based on your glucose levels in your blood i feel like this is um as a side note this is how vampires could tell if we're ripe they like walk by and they're like (laughs) nope not quite ripe yet let's move on to the next one you're like why are you sniffing me you weirdo that's like Oh, Biden, he didn't he do the sniffing? Dude, he was smelling for your blood sugar. How do you think he's so old and still in charge? <laughs> yeah, this is uh this would be like a good uh I guess if you have diabetes and you're like like if you whatever the I think is type type one diabetes where your your blood sugar is usually too low, uh be like, oh man, I'm I gotta get that diabetes and stay away from the vampires. <laughs> Is that how that works? Yeah. Is that what it is? Like, how do I get that diabetes? Hey, cut out part of my pancreas. <laughs> I need to keep the vampires at bay. Yeah, you know how uh, if uh, it's peach season right now, and yeah. um, 
in order to tell if like a peach is good, you uh, one way that you can do it, don't squeeze it because you'll just bruise it. So as somebody who used to sell fruit on Pike Place Market in Seattle, like please don't squeeze the fruit. It, it's bad for the fruit. What? Yeah. Um, but the... Uh, uh, the no, way- no, no, not the fruit part. Not the <laughs> squeezing the fruit part. You used to do what? Yeah, yeah. I used to sell fruit on Pike Place Market. I was the fruit guy. Uh Pike Place Market, for anyone that's not been to Seattle, is like the big market along the water where there's all different types of wares. It's a multi-story thing. It's a tourist trap. It's yeah. wonderful because the food and fruit and everything is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, a like, it's like, like a it. big permanent farmer's market, kind of. And yeah. then you get a bunch of like local and, and you know orchards and things like that will come through and, and sell their stuff there. Flowers and whatnot and yeah. everything. So, yeah. but you used to be a, a fruit salesman. Yeah, I used to hawk fruit. I'd stand there for like ten hours a day with no breaks and uh, smell the hom bow down the street and not be able to go get it because again, no breaks. Uh, and would sell fruit. Uh, I'd sell peaches and tell people. Uh, so, if you ever like want to know about like what fruit in in which quantity you can take on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> Let me know because I actually know. Or on a cruise ship, you got a lot of people coming in off of cruise ships. Uh, it was awesome. It was a great job. What fruit can I not take on a cruise ship if I come to town, Brandon? No, you can take most fruits on a cruise ship, but you can't take like a box, like a case of, mm. of fruit. Uh, in in like you can take fruit onto your airplane, um, especially if you're traveling internationally. You can even take uh, fruit, but the way that it's packaged and like the quantity in which that you can take is is very limited. Uh, most of the time, it has to be like consumed on the plane. How do I tell? what a good peach is well you smell the crack you uh where the stem is uh you you smell it you give it a sniff and if it if it's if it's very um i don't know uh, uh, uh aromatic uh if it yeah. smells like a peach it usually means that it's probably ready to to eat now the reason i bring this up is because I, hold on we're not be, moving on yet it no, might no, be no, really no. easy on. to know if a vampire is checking you for ripeness if they got stick their nose up your butt <laughs> smelling your crack there we go okay yeah. i'll take it yeah because you're describing the peach emoji used for the butt yeah and then you smell the crack yeah and i'm like that's how you know <laughs> well, i'm sorry i stepped on that i was not gonna let you transition there but well, i really wish i would have let you go from bat to man <laughs> another thing Another thing, uh, pretty good transition joke. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Another thing that that brings kind of these things together is that the sugar, uh, actually, one of the reasons that your that your farts will smell so bad is because of the amount of sugars in your Mm -hmm. gut, and so the bacteria, uh, the natural bacteria in your gut that's consuming kind of all of these things and helping you digest and break things down. If you eat a lot of sugar, if you eat a lot of fruit or like really high sugar um, fruits or foods you'll actually have worse gas. You probably already know that, but there's the science behind why is that bacteria is crea- is eating a lot and creating all of that gas. Now, uh, it does work because if, if, a, if a vampire smells your butt and it smells really bad, it means you've had a lot of sugar, therefore... <laughs> oh, this is a dessert human. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to point out also for anyone that doesn't know, the same is true for your breath. That if you've consumed a bunch of sugar and you know that you're going to go into a situation where you'll be close talking or whatever, drink a lot of water. Don't necessarily brush away the active bacteria and whatnot, but drink a lot of water to help hydrate and move it on. So that way the bacteria continues to work in your mouth, but it's not busy breaking down sugar. And it makes the bad smells come out of your butt instead of out of your mouth. There you go. 
So it, this could be a really cool way with people for people with diabetes to only have to poke their skin once this um, this tattoo or multiple times in this case at one time yeah. uh, instead of multiple times a day. If you look down and you know the um, you know the Godzilla tattoo is <laughs> greener than normal, then yeah, maybe you just need to eat a Snickers or something. <laughs> like it could be that simple. I like the idea that um, uh, that you're you're just front loading your lifetime of, of pokes that you have to do to check your blood, your blood sugar levels as a diabetic. It's like, no, no, no. I'm just going to like, would you rather have a thousand or a million pokes throughout your life or just a million right now? It's like, yeah, yeah I'll take it right now. And you get a sick like tattoo out of it. My brother, um, I probably shouldn't share his medical stuff, but he's kind of a dick. So whatever. Um, he has uh, type 1 that he got as an adult after getting an infection um, in one of his organs, his pancreas, that doesn't work right or whatever. And so he ended up as a T1D adult instead of like eating crappy it, yeah. and becoming type 2 yeah. later in life or whatever. However that works. I might be getting it backwards, but I think that's what it is. He's got the Jordan Morris one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Okay, so um, he got that later in life, like in his 40s, and so he's got the pump and the poke and the, all that stuff all the time and he has to manage that and I was like oh even though he's like anti-tattoos he'd be the perfect person to get one but what tattoo would this conservative you know country club going rich guy get and I was like for some reason in my mind I knew it without doubt that it would be Cornholio but that's ex- <laughs> he would get He's, I mean, he's a conservative of a certain age, right? Like where right. Like, Cornholio would be the perfect, like, uh, but when in reality, it should just be Hank Hill. Yeah. Oh, I love Hank Hill. I, I, know. I, <laughs> I know. love Cornholio though, too, to be I, fair. True, so. true, true. I watched the new Beavis and Butthead movie that came out some months ago and everyone, I saw like a bunch of like the, you know, the Rolling Stone type things that I read. I don't know which one it was, but a lot of them were like, oh, this is fun. It's totally worth it. And I watched it, and I was like, "This is horse crap," and I can't believe that anyone likes this. But again, I can imagine my brother being like, "Huh, Cornholio." <laughs> he walks out of it with his like he unbuttons his collar uh, of the shirt that he had a tie on, and he pulls it over the top of his head. <laughs> he becomes fancy Cornholio. <laughs> well, what's fancy Cornholio's what, name? What would be like? What, what what would be like a fancy uh, a fancy way of preparing corn? Yeah, okay. Like I feel like, yeah, whatever that is. That's question of the week. What's a fancy way of preparing corn? Because we gotta come up with this. <laughs> and how do you add holio to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, it's it's funny to think like so this this tattoo is like a uh, or this ink right could be more of a um, it's like a it's like a medical thing right so yeah. and they're still probably working on it and oh yeah yeah, yeah they've yeah. just come up with the ink I don't think it's like a forty year tattoo that you're gonna get it's like a hyper color shirt that you put in the dryer and it's ruined now yeah, like you, yeah. I'm sure it only works for a while and then it looks bad and then you're like Oof. well but part of like part of what I the the reason I'm I'm wondering is because like at some point because it's a medical thing it's all like tied up into that and even though it's in Germany when it comes to the Americas it's going to be completely tied down by the insurance and so you're gonna have to start getting your like tattoo uh, approved by your insurance and so that it like opens up this entire concept of of like you're like well i really want to get this whale tattoo on my forearm and your insurance company is like well we only cover octopus and you're like damn <laughs> uh I, if you look at your list of covered animals the cephalopod is the only thing that's on there for the for sea life or they're going to be like you actually have to get your i mean realistically it'll be like you have to get your type of 
diabetes tattooed on you or you yeah, get like you jordan get... morris's sick like t1d tattoo that he has that actually looks pretty cool is that the uh, medical thing that he yeah, has i think it's like the it's like the what are the medical cross or whatever it is that's yeah uh, yeah i think it's I, I don't know i think it looks pretty sweet i thought that was for his dad because his dad's a doctor but i think it says uh, like underneath it or something it has like t1d uh underneath it it's jordan morris a uh, striker for the seattle sounders uh football club here in seattle uh I interviewed a guy from Bloodworks Northwest once upon a time about just blood typing and stuff and just trying to raise awareness for donating blood. Yeah. And he came in and he was like, I don't I finally got my first tattoo at the tattoo convention a couple of years back. Oh, yeah. At the tattoo convention, the Seattle Ta- Tattoo Expo or whatever it is. I was there with Bloodworks trying to help let people know now that the laws changed in, in across a lot of the U.S. now that if it is a licensed tattoo shop, if you travel or you get a tattoo or whatever, it doesn't. You're, you don't have to worry about uh, taking two years off of donating blood. Yeah. You can see. So he was there, and, and one of the tattoo artists was like, "Let's get you a tattoo," and he was like, ah, "I don't know." And he was like, "Well, let's get something blood related." So he got his blood type on his arm next to where you might take blood from somebody. Oh, that's. And I was cool. like, "That's a pretty good idea," because up until they did my blood test for me that day while we were doing this interview on air. I didn't know what my blood type was. You know yours? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's what, because what? it's because every time I donate, they call me for three years afterwards. Yeah, sure. Because uh, I'm O negative, which is universal donor. So, damn, Pete Steele right here, man. That's cool. Um, what are you? Uh, I'm B minus. I know it's not ne- minus; it's negative. But I think about what my um, what my grade point average was in college. <laughs> That's how it's I like you, your blood's fine, you know. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> like it's nah, just it's it's nah. good enough. Like you'll graduate. <laughs> Oddly, the thing is, is that they don't have because I'm a you know I'm twelve percent of the population has B negative yeah. or something like that. That they, they rarely actually have B negative blood in the bank. It's like they try to get type O people to yeah to donate the most, and AB is the other one I think that they're real yeah. big on. But because they have, I think they just tell me that to make me feel special so that I'll donate. But you know, yeah, I speak, dude. Speaking of blood types, uh, yeah. just a tangent. I just did a twenty-three in me. Oh and, yeah, cool. Yeah, and uh, I so I I don't know my my biological father. So like the reason the real reason I did it was because I was like, look, I want to find out like my. Um, I, I kind of like, I want to find out if there's, you know, some sort of like butt crack cancer that I should be aware yeah. of coming down the, in the future that, you know, is a hereditary thing, but I don't know what my hereditary is. And, uh, you learn so much stuff, uh, about yourself it, just from like your little, it's not a blood test. It's like you spit into a little tube and then you send it in the mail and then like a month or no, it's like two months later when you forget that you even did that. They're like, yeah, you have six cousins in England and you're like, ah, oh, sick. Um, and, uh, one of them recently passed. What? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, spe- oh, vampire- David Beckham sends his regards. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to stand in line for 12 hours waiting to see, uh, my cousin who died? <laughs> We're speaking about the Queen of England, obviously, yeah. and that was crazy that David Beckham was just there as a civilian, just waiting in line like everyone else. And yeah, I imagine Looking it's fun much at first more handsome than everybody else, though. But I'm sure it's fun at first where you're like talking to people there, and then like six and a half hours have gone by, and you're like, "All right, Nancy, like I don't, I'm tired of talking to you. 
Leave, leave me alone. And like three hours later, you're like, ah, oh, I'm so bored. Nancy, are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Nancy's a Liverpool fan. Uh, the, uh, the other thing about that is like, it, it seems pretty cool. And like the media is all like, oh, David Beckham standing in line and he looks all dapper. He looks like a freaking Peaky Blinder with his hat on and he looks all great. He's yeah. using an umbrella as a cane because he's English and that's what they do. And then like they show him actually in the in the chapel or whatever it is where he's honoring or like t- paying his respects to the queen and he just yeah. looks like the most disheveled dad in the history of disheveled dads like his hair is everywhere his suit is probably just disgustingly sweaty <laughs> <laughs> but like so this, anyway. it's crazy what you learn from this because like uh it was like you're a uh you're not an endurance athlete you're a sprinter you're like a you you're better at like these kinds of workouts probably and i was like dang like now I have excuses for like why I don't like to go on runs with people. <laughs> and it's like and you probably crapped your pants in fifth grade and lied about it by throwing yourself in the mud. And I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> it knows too much. <laughs> on an all new Is This True or Fiction? <laughs> Brandon regales us for the stories of fifth grade pants pooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, here's a concerning headline from Sky News, which is gross in itself, I get it, but scientists have proposed a controversial plan to refreeze the North and South Poles by spraying sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere over there. It's the old, like, spray the grass green to make it look better trick in the off-season, only yeah. for the poles of the Earth. And it got me to thinking about it, and, like, I'm sure this is a pretty easy answer, but, like, I don't know. What's our deal with this type of problem solving where we're we're not like okay the thing leading the thing that's leading to the awful problem let's cut that out instead we're like no instead of changing our behavior that's doing something negative let's just do something else to cover it up yeah like what's something else poisonous sounding that we could do to solve this problem <laughs> so you know we could spray sulfur whatever <laughs> sulfur dioxide into the air and that'll do it right and I'm sure people who study the sciences and stuff can like make an argument for or against, but like, it seems like it would be a lot more effective to cut out the bad behaviors. But then you have to get everyone to agree. It's, it kind of seems, uh, which historically is super easy. Uh, it it kind of seems like um, like you're gonna you're gonna use this sulfur dioxide to to refreeze the poles, and then it's gonna turn out that the way that we extract sulfur dioxide is, of course, incredibly wasteful and like energy dependent, which just makes the poles go like melt faster. But then, but then I'm hearing like in England, right, uh, right now. Speaking of my cousins over there uh, yeah. and my dead queen cousin, um, yeah. So like in England, they're having like a like they're rationing right now, like how much water you're actually able to use at your personal residence because uh, of uh, they're having a bunch of issues with like the primary water company over there and all this stuff, right? Um, and they had a ridiculously uh, hot summer and all of this stuff, which is again one of the reasons that we should apparently hot sulfur. queen summer, hot queen summer, uh, too hot, too hot. 
<laughs> and uh, and they uh, uh, they raise the question is like, well, look, we need water. The poles are melting. Just take just take some of that just take some of that water and put it over there. <laughs> I mean, crazier things, right? Like <laughs> it's like, man, humans don't drink enough water. Well, the poles aren't melting fast enough. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. accelerate that. <laughs> yeah, all that. I mean, and then like they're gonna be melt. It's gonna be fresh water, right? Because uh, salt water doesn't freeze quite as. Uh, as easily right and so these poles yeah are but be- i feel like they it's like it becomes brackish really quickly it goes like from the as it melts it melts into the ocean and then the ocean is full of salt and it yeah yeah mixes. but what if we just like put cups at the bottom yeah yeah just at the bottom of the melting part you right, just have a right. cup right yeah Maybe big just cut cups. like a cut a groove so you could just take turns filling up a cup there and then like perfect Phew. and then like someone's peeing on the on the north pole and like no now we have to wait <laughs> well and like isn't there isn't all the whole other problem like realistically they're like oh it's because they're melting so fast that we need to put the sulfur dioxide up in the atmosphere in order to get them to freeze when in reality what the scientists know is that actually there's like these secret dinosaurs that have been hyper <laughs> like have been frozen underneath these ice uh-huh. caps for so long and yeah. that they need to freeze them because as soon as these dinosaurs get out we're getting into some serious like godzilla territory yeah. and they're going to come destroy you know i don't know norway whatever the furthest north uh maybe they're trolls maybe that's what it is these trolls have been like frozen like titans for centuries uh under the poles and we're trying to f- just keep them in there but they're like oh no it's because of climate change it's like no it's because of the trolls <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we could take time to anger another group of scientists. Welcome paleontologists <laughs> and trollologists, I suppose. Tro- uh, trolldologists. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's what I was... Yeah, so what is that about our nature where we just like do something? Is it just to take action or is it because we let stupid people do things or some sort of combination? I'm sure whoever came up with this has like... Some sort of, I shouldn't be so sure, but I would hope that whoever came up with it has some sort of science to back the idea that, like, this will help us refreeze the poles and then things will get better, question mark? What if we just hold a freezer open above of them? <laughs> what if we all just hold a mirror for an hour a day pointed back at the sun, and so we just shoot <laughs> some of that energy back? Well, that's got to work, right? <laughs> Screw you, sun! Yeah! <laughs> The sun was destroyed that day. <laughs> it just uh, it just looks like the Earth becomes a Death Star and shoots a laser toward the sun. Hey, are you an audiobook listener? Uh, I don't I don't do the I mean I'm barely a reader, but when I do read, uh, I don't do it via audiobook. Uh, Project Hail Mary for anyone who's interested in this conversation that we're having, where something happens that they have to blow like up the, the sun. No, it's like the okay. effectively the sun's not working as well as it needs to be and so everything is immediately cooling off to the point where the humans can't live on the earth anymore and they have like a short amount of time to figure out how to solve the problem and it's fascinating the problem solving that comes along with it but one of the things that they do to try and make things better is one of these ideas that like i know let's just nuke the whales that'll solve it and then like the whales are like wait uh, what wait wait us (laughs) no well we just lost our queen why are you doing this (laughs) China sent a rover to the moon to scoop up some of the the moon dirt that's there, and then they somehow shot it back to Earth. I didn't really bother doing the research. Was shocking. Didn't really bother doing the research on how they got it off the moon and back here. But <laughs> this, you just described some sort of like Mexican standoff between like the Earth and the moon and the sun, where we're holding like 
a bunch of mirrors at the sun trying to shoot uh-huh. s- sun lasers back at it and yeah. the, the sun is and then like the the moon is shooting moon dirt back at earth and then mm-hmm. the sun is just trying to bake us both it's like a per it's it's i want to see that comic if you're a, a listener who knows how to draw please draw this Great. Well, I'm glad that you understood exactly what I was saying, so that's really good. It means I'm a good communicator, definitely worthy of not being overlooked in the future. Um, so when they sifted through this this soil, I, I don't know if it's called soil if it comes from there. It's like moon sand or whatever. Yeah. They found a newly discovered crystal that we've never discovered here on Earth. Can't wait for Bezos to shoot off his dick rocket and a billionaire spiritual gurus up there to turn the moon into the next like sedona arizona because that's coming oh it's so spiritual oh do you feel the energy wow sounds sounds like they're going to turn it more into like a sierra leone and find a moon blood diamond (laughs) so they also found something else up there that's called helium three and i guess that helps make nuclear energy or something so that's a positive for rich people trying to colonize like the solar system which is actually beneficial to us that i won't get into now but I like to like with that helium three. I like to imagine the um, the astronauts are up there bouncing around with extra squeaky voices, being like, "Hey, hey!" <laughs> <Sorry>. In Chinese, <laughs> bring your crystals. <laughs> but in <Yow>! Chinese, <laughs> uh, um, that's. Uh, I mean, helium three. It sounds like is that like the sequel to helium one and helium two? Like, like what we're obviously it- not qualified because we only know about one. Yeah, Hel- helium three makes your voice like way lower. <laughs> it's a, oh, hello, hello! But the Just, um, it's sexy helium. <laughs> I guess the um, I can't remember what the name of the stuff was that the uh, the crystal that they found is like a thing that you could discover somewhere else. It's like a silicate. It's not like it's like revolutionary or whatever. But the fact that they found these crystals that they haven't discovered on Earth is pretty cool. That we've like now officially sent a probe somewhere to find something that we don't have here and maybe it's happened on mars before but i don't know i just like that i I have mad respect for like we have all this like xenophobia mad respect for xenophobia obviously solid Uh, yeah no but we have all this like xenophobia about all these different cultures and and the ways that people do stuff as if we're like innocent from doing any of it we just like have this pedestal where like the well the chinese are terrible because of here or the the muslims are terrible because of this we are great, obviously. We've made we made America even greater than it ever was just a few years ago, and so we're really good. And those other people who are probably smell really bad and eat weird things and they wipe their butts with their hands or whatever, those people are terrible. We're great. And the idea that like we can't that we're gonna fight a war over like we'll find stuff that are like, oh, we can make nuclear weapons on the moon. Let's fight a war over that instead of just being like the Earth is dying, so we need moon people now. The, if anything, the moon people and the Earth people should totally fight. Dude, can you imagine? Also, I'm not pro xenophobia. That was all tongue in cheek. I think yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. clear that I am pro everyone getting along. Anyway, yeah. Can I imagine? Uh, can can you um, like as as bad as you know? I'm not like I'm not gonna be a guy that's stoked about war. I don't think war is good. Uh, hot take war bad um, <laughs> but the uh, uh, the like a space war like but not like a space war like Star Wars where you got X-Wings and TIE Fighters going choo 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 uh, more like a bunch of dudes jumping around on the moon like a big trampoline but with laser guns because it has to be lasers because you need something that the output on it doesn't create a kick yeah. so that way you don't shoot it and go ah yeah 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 like that's that's what I'm talking about like you'd have to have like a a, a space battle but like everybody it's like it's like those trampoline places uh, where you can play dodgeball 
Yeah. You know, uh, where you get to jump and you can do all these crazy throws and dodges that you can't do when you're just playing like dodgeball in a gym where you're like dislocating your knee because of how you're jumping and stuff. It, it, and instead, you're like on the moon jumping and like doing sick like 360. I mean, there's got to be a movie, right? Like there's got to be a movie about this. S- Space War Space has been War. canceled. <laughs> Star Wars? <laughs> no, Space Wars. I feel good about this this uh, potential movie because I'm team hold a mirror up, and yeah. so you're shooting lasers at me, and I'm like, pew, pew, pew. Now, uh, yeah, this raises a very interesting question, though. Yes, please. Um, like, Star Wars, I, I don't know how many planets, I'm sure this is, like, Googleable. I'm sure somebody's done this, right? Like, I don't know how many planets are are used as uh, settings Mm-hmm. as the at the back of the backdrop of the the, the star wars and um and the one thing that i've learned from you uh of the many things i've learned from you is that pl- planets are pretty different and so like the fact that <laughs> all of these planets uh that they visit in all of these movies are basically the same amount of gravity and like the same amount of stuff even though the planets are like wildly different in the species that grow on these planets like the fact that wookies that grew it, at, to the size that they did while you know uh, Ewoks grew to the size that they did I'm not saying like yes different species exist all of that but usually these species are uh, determined by so many factors environmental factors right and yeah. I mean one of the environmental factors that affects everybody on the planet is gravity um, and the fact that like we don't have a lot of Jedi sword like you know sword fighting on anti you know very low gravity or even better like extra high gravity planets. <laughs> like you just see the blade coming, but you know you can't react in time, so it just very slowly cuts through your face. And it's your like head that, just falls that, into two pieces. That guy that gets cut, uh maybe that's why they did Unity on like a uh, high gravity planets. Not not that they shot them on any planets. It's all done. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but like I feel like we could have gotten really uh like they could have gotten super creative with like all the, like maybe I mean maybe they just didn't talk about it like Obi-Wan was able to jump as high as he did in certain planets and and also like the reason that Luke and Vader in the first movies uh fought so slowly compared to the laser sword whipping of of Anakin Skywalker in the in the prequels is because the gravity was harder. <laughs> Yeah, so if they fight on Jupiter, it's not that there's a surface there, but sure. it's like almost three times the gravity that we experience there. I'm kind yeah. of looking. Mars is like half, so maybe you could like double speed it and just have a crazy like super fast battles. I'm into this. I like this idea. Let's see how uh, many planets are how many planets are mentioned in Star Wars. Now, the Galactic Republic represented about 1.3 million planets around the prequel times. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, how many, like, how many did they actually, actually mention? Yeah, it's got to be less. I mean, like, in terms of the expanded everything, it's got to be less than a thousand. Yeah. Um, and uh, then it's fiction, likely uh, only in the following is the list of fictional planets set in the Star Wars universe. Total of 460 planets. Okay. And that's just the ones that are mentioned or talked about. I mean, they talk about the fact that there's millions of planets within the Galactic Empire's reign or something like that. Uh, just imagine like, how many senators that takes to like police over all of that. Like, yeah. It's like so unrealistic that they have like that big Senate chamber and there's all those seats and everything. That's still only like a thousand places. It's yeah. like, 
you still have millions more that just can't be present or whatever. Or? Maybe maybe they're like padding their stats a little bit. Like I, I learned recently, like if you go to like WWE will be like, there were 60,000 people in the stadium, but they're counting like the people who are serving the beer and the concessions and like the people who set up and tore down the stage and stuff like that. Maybe they're like 1.3 million planets, but half the planets are Jupiter or like uninhabitable or like Pluto. You know, they're like, it's a planet, I swear. It's the forest moon of Endor. Count yeah. that and the planet at indoor yeah exactly okay yeah i'm on to you yeah uh, regardless though it's a it's a good thought starter to figure out and, and what's cool about that is you can just if you want to write your own or you want to be a writer for star wars or whatever you can just make another planet and go for it yeah. and i like that there's we the way that we suspend disbelief in that galaxy that there must be very similar um there must all the planets involved must have pretty similar um geology yeah because everyone kind of breathes okay and everything. If you want to read uh, Fascinating, I've talked about it many, many times with the Expanse series. It's the best audiobook series, just hands down. And um, it really spends a lot more time talking about like the considerations for space travel and for like colonizing planets and stuff. Like when you show up and like the people that grew up in space, they've been in space for a couple hundred years. The people that lived in space their whole lives have different shaped bodies and heads and stuff because you don't have the constraints of gravity. And then they don't do well when they have to go planet side because they have to like live with, you know, they spin a rock up so that way it gives you one sixth gravity. But then you go down to somewhere that has 1.8 gravity and like those people, like their knees buckle because they can't handle it because they just don't have the tenants for it. They look like my eight month old that's trying to learn how to walk whose head is way too heavy for his body. <laughs> Only elongated out like he's like an alien from yeah. the Alien versus Predator or whatever, yeah, and yeah. then you got it. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing that you have to think about uh, when you're colonizing space, right, is not only uh, taking food with you in order to do the travels, and this is, is, is actually a Star Wars tie-in as well, because when you first see Luke uh, in one of the new sequel movies for Star Wars, when you first see him, he's just like sitting there, like suckling milk at the teat of a massive, like I don't know. Uh, brontosaurus looking thing on some crazy distant planet and um like you got to learn a full-on animal husbandry again of like these new alien species you'd be like hey like what if you land on a planet like right say say humans weren't on this planet right now or like we were but we were a little bit less advanced and like an alien landed here and like saw a cow and then like saw a a chicken and then they saw like a a baby right like Like a a buick yeah a buick or like a human baby and they were like hmm which of these things do we milk right (laughs) or like like, what happens when you squeeze this thing or like what yeah part of our advantage is as mammals is that we see like you you see a uh pregnant female human and you're like i squeeze these things and food comes out and they're like well that thing has those things and you're like okay but if you're an alien and you're like Let's just kill all of them. This is this is very much a uh, opportunity for me to say I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that they're producing. But and when does it become? Have you go f- have you have you not seen Meet the Parents? No, of course not. Oh, come on, man. That's a perfect. Oh, it's the perfect reference, Greg. Don't don't try movie references around me, dude. I mean, it's just if there was if know. I've ever made a good reference in anything, which is very rare. That was the one. And so now I'm going to need you to go watch that movie and then come back here and record this podcast. <laughs> Two more things real quick. I want to um, I want to hit up the uh, this episode's question of the week. Yeah, speaking of milk, uh, what 
should we turn into milk? What else should we turn into milk? We already turned a lot of things into milk. Like, should we squeeze a chicken so hard that it becomes milk? <laughs> yes, is the answer. <laughs> what That's- is this? This is chicken milk. <laughs> I didn't know you could milk a chicken. You can't. <laughs> no. It's the same way you make cashew milk. You soak it for a long time, and then you squeeze it. <laughs> You're going to need some cheesecloth. Oh, dude, you don't even have to. Just instead of doing a chicken, just do a duck. You don't have to soak it. It's already in the water. <laughs> that splash of milk that's in your coffee or, let's say, your cereal. I heard like a few people talking about how they eat cereal with water. Oh. That blows my mind. I want to try it before I get too up my own ass about it. But yeah. You poor. <laughs> no, it was like it was like John Green, I think, like the John and Hank Green, the yeah, creators yeah. of those guys. Anyway, as um all the ways that you would use milk, that uh, the milks that you would use or whatever, could soon be synthesized using yeast in place of cows or I guess cashews or whatever it is. It's um there's a process that's used to make insulin for diabetics that can now make a milk substitute. I, I guarantee you they can't get the texture wrong and it's super super weird. Yeah. But, uh, um, you could stop crushing your nuts, <laughs> chug down this big glass of yeast milk. <laughs> um, there's a commenter though that I don't really know the ins and outs of this, but there's a commenter that really got my attention. Like I was like, this sounds really weird. And this person is called Shaved Wookie on Reddit. Says quote. What are the odds of it being weirder than something a robot sucked out of the many teats of thousands of selectively bred half-ton beasts? Meaning a cow dairy farm where they're just robots sucking away on cow boobs. Okay, and then um, before mixing it into a big soup, boiling it, bottling it, and sending it off to stores. Though be careful to keep it chilled, blindly trusting that it was, knowing that even if you got Florida you've cultivated... I think I said Florida. The gut flora you've My cultivated. Flora. <laughs> no wonder the bacteria is so smelly. Know that even the gut flora you've cultivated to process that strange brew won't save you from getting sick if it got too warm for too long. It is pretty f***ed up that we, oh, sorry, that we, uh, that we do that past like infancy that we're still like suckling away on these things and then to the point where we're like, we need to be more efficient. Let's make it like less human- and just hook these robot pumps up to these cow boobs and then feed them garbage and just keep sucking away or whatever and then do all that other stuff so that way we can drink it. Maybe it isn't so weird that we would make a synthetic out of yeast. It's it's weird. Um, like I, uh, So there's this show called Chef's Table uh, where you can uh, go on. It's on Netflix. It's like a cooking show, but it's not like a traditional cookie show. cooking show. They go find uh, different chefs from different you know, they like the most recent series that I'm watching is all about pizza. They interview six different pizza chefs and all of the things that they make and like what fuels them and their story and all of that and like why their pizza is different and cool and whatever. Well, this one guy is like super into um, making sure that all of his ingredients are great, like just the perfect ingredients. He goes to the farms, he goes checks the, all this stuff out, right? Well. This like this just one tiny little scene. It's like a cutaway throwaway scene where he's just like sniffing a, a butt crack. <laughs> sniffing a butt crack. He's a vampire for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I've never heard that part of canon where vampires is like, yeah, okay, they can't walk in daylight. Okay, they uh, they can turn into bats. They sniff butt crack. Wait, what was that last one? I'm sorry. What? Well, to, for freshness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to test to for make ripeness. sure. Come on, is, is that human ripe or not? I uh, mean, they're still humanoids. They're not. 
monsters that they just it just sucks that they have to live we off have of blood preferences okay he's your, college educated your butt isn't smelly enough for me okay is it so weird you'll ripen up in time it's fine <laughs> here eat this haichu <laughs> um no but like there's a scene That's where cute. he's like at this goat farm and the the dude who's like hey want a drink and he just grabs one of these goats teats and like turns it and sprays it into his mouth and then he sprays it into his nose mouth i'm like look the idea right now if you were like greg gregor if you were like hey i'm gonna go get a glass of goat milk i'd be like all right cool like i don't drink goat milk but like whatever like I, that's that's fine but if you were like i'm going to go squeeze in a goat's bladder or utter not so it's not a bladder like if the prize goat just came walking in right now and i was like prize goat get over here Uh, (laughs) and then it was like (laughs) yeah exactly like that's like it it is a weird like i I mean my son is still breastfeeding right now and i'm like okay it's it's a strange phenomenon but it's also very natural because that's the way that like children of all mammal species are reared right like they drink the milk now uh my uh like the thought of him doing that off of a cow is very strange yet a baby cow doing it would be fine though yeah exactly like here we are look i look i'm i i eat cheese i eat all of these dairy products i'm not saying like as a you know vegan or person who's like don't don't do the weird thing of eating the cow's boob milk but but it is weird when you think about it. I mean, a lot, but like you can also overthink anything and it's going to be weird. Yeah, I mean, like someone would probably try and tell you that squeezing a chicken until you got milk is not okay. But like right. here and I am to tell you. it's fine. And a lot of people are going to tell you that a vampire sniffing your butt crack is weird, but it's not. It's just how Not they... weird to them. Exactly. Come on. Like open your mind, people. I thought we were a tolerant liberal society. <laughs> well, it's not a positive note, Brandon. You know, to balance out all of the butt sniffing that you... <laughs> are just real, real into this episode. This one's for you, buddy. Okay. Researchers leaning on the AI of modern programming are steering towards a future where we might one day understand the song of the beautiful, wise voice of the ocean, the whale. Brandon's tattoo starts to tingle. (laughs) And then his wiener. It starts talking to me. (laughs) No, they're not. Hey, Hey, Brandon. (laughs) How about a haichu? (laughs) It's a vampire. Oh, no. (laughs) I got to start (laughs) my left hand now. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) Um... Anyway, so this team of scientists thinks that they can put together, like, there's, um, you know, the always-on nature of machines means that we can better track what's happening, and then without all the, you know, data pollution of humans and their sleepiness or horniness or whatever, like, just distractions getting in the way. Basically, we're learning how to make the best killing machine. We're just getting, collecting all the data, figuring out how things work without it knowing that we're there, without any fault, and then being able to learn how to apply it or whatever. But we can use it for good, too. Uh, from an article at The Guardian um, that talks all about this in depth. Nevertheless, scientific attempts to communicate with animals are also fraught with gimmicks, eccentrics. The researcher who injected LSD into one of his study dolphins discredited the field for years. I'm like, wait, what now? Someone injected a dolphin with LSD? Now that is top-notch effed up. Like, that's like, that is messed up. But you got any footage of that? Because that is... <laughs> I want to see what a dolphin who is tripping balls did. <laughs> but but honestly, I want the AI to be able to detect what the whale song is. And how come we don't know yet? 
Like I read somewhere that cats only learned how to meow in order to communicate with humans, that they don't naturally meow. They hiss and they they make noises or whatever to fight one another, but they don't go meow. And I'm like, hi, peanut. And he's like, meow. And then he comes over and I pat him, right? That's like purely done to appease us, the people that will provide them with food and maybe some companionship if they choose so. Um, but like the notion that there's complicated song from animals with big brains that could potentially be like if if an orangutan can be taught sign language, yeah, then it's there's complexity there for being able to understand things. Is it when it's making noises? Are those noises actual language or is it just a simpler communication? It's and if you know whales can communicate from five miles away or something like that, like well, it's cool. Like, and I'm curious, you know, not all. I guess almost all whales have a song of some sort, but like the intricacies, like having there's a- Kevin listening to death metal again. He just won't <laughs> stop saying. <laughs> it's just a uh, whale stein. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, uh, like a humpback- why couldn't you have picked the Beatles like everyone else? You jerk. <laughs> the uh, 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 humpback whales actually have a song that is super long. very white. They have a very long song. <laughs> no, that's a uh, sperm whale. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, but they have a, a, a song that's super long, and it actually will repeat in in different pods or different uh, you know herds of uh, these humpback whales will yeah. have distinct songs. So it's not like a species wide thing where they all have a, a song that repeats. It's it's uh, you know this pod over here will have a song that uh, it's actually passed down generation to generation, and like it changes with each generation just a little bit as like the teenage you know like the gen x whales are like yeet and like all of a sudden that's part of the song you know and like uh i am the keeper of the sea <laughs> yeet that other crap out of here <laughs> what is it what is it uh um the uh not clo- what's the uh the thing that they vomit that smells real nice oh yeah or that they use in all of the perfume. ambergris ambergris right damn they're i like, learned something from the show thanks yeah. brandon yeah they're like i am the king of the sea i will eat that ambergris uh well these these different pods of whales will like of humpbacks will get together and they'll sing their songs to each other and then they'll they're they will create like new songs together so like they're understanding each other and actually conversing with each other despite singing completely different songs that seems like a language, right? Like if an AI can get in there and listen to enough of it for long enough and understand. But like, I think the difference is it has to understand and be able to track what the behaviors are that change as a result of the language, right? Like that's the whole point of language is to convey ideas and to convey uh, information. It, uh, so how are, I'm wondering if the AI is going to be able to actually be able to like it's still going to have to have some sort of input unless we're going to put in some robots that have this ai software in there that are going to like follow these whales around and they're going to be like what the hell is this thing following me around uh, <laughs> it's like the ai is wondering my actually my biggest concern though is that the ai is like and here's what they're saying and it's like <laughs> death to the <laughs> like, no 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 I'm more worried about them being like, like, did you see the Bachelorette? I'm like, ah, you stupid whales! I dedicated my life to this, and this, you're watching that garbage too. I, I also don't know who watches that. I, I can't. It's, 
blows my mind. Blows my mind that people still watch network television at all, let alone that. And I know people could say that about radio. I mean, what anyway, if, I got what, real mad real fast. There. What if the whale? What if the whale is like? Have you smelled that butt crack? Not more vampire whales. Ah! <laughs> also, does it apply to dolphins? Because like, I definitely, I think Sequest did that back in the day. But like, you have like a. You know, they're like, no, dude, we can't get you any more, like... LSD. <laughs> yeah, like, good God, man. <laughs> the dolphin's like, are you guys seeing this right now? <laughs> He's just been doing that for like 10 straight minutes. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to yet another, really, the end of a really heady, heady show. And it's time for... Oh, boy. Another... I'm going to close out with, what did we learn this week? Yeah. Brandon, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned that apparently not all humans are ripe. <laughs> Gregor, what did you learn this Never week? Never thought about it that way, right? Never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. Like, Because like, I'm sure like vampires, you know, they want the that good blood. Maybe they want the type O. Maybe they want the B minus. I don't know. Uh, Gregor, um, what did you learn this week? I learned that if... Um, that a group of whales, what was it? Did you say humpbacks get together? Yeah, humpbacks will do it. I, I bet you other ones do it as well, but yeah. We know that humpbacks get together and they'll share their new songs and make new songs and use new language like the word yeet. If sperm whales get together, did they skeet, skeet, skeet? Stop. <laughs> uh, I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> nerd talk, nerd talk, talking about nerd talk, yeah! Uh, thanks for joining us for uh, Nerd Talk Plus. We really appreciate you hanging out. We do it live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. on the Odyssey app. And thanks for finding this on demand on the Odyssey app as well or wherever you get your podcast provider. I'm Gregor. He's Brandon. Have a good week. If you need to know where the first Starbucks is, you can ask me. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.